before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10-50% to off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Schurer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Seed Red.
Don't say we didn't warn you. Hey, boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. This is David K. Montoya with you today. The lovebirds are still away um, due to their honeymoon, and actually I was on vacation all last week. We didn't get a chance to sit down and record an episode. So what I decided to do, uh, and this is a very special treat for you guys, um, since last episode was such a short episode, I think it was like 13 minutes total, and you know normally we try to give you at least close to an hour, uh, what I did is I went back into our archives and went all the way back. And for you people that just started listening or maybe listened halfway, Seeing Red originally started as a show, a podcast show called Sibling Rivalry. Uh, unfortunately, I found out around episode six that someone actually had trademarked the name Sibling Rivalry for a podcast show. So we ended up changing the name on episode 7 to Scene Red. Well, I dug into the archives and I went all the way back to the very first Scene Red or Sibling Rivalry. And, you know, this was my very first podcast. And unfortunately for Rebecca and Aaron also, that was the very first show that I actually edited. So the, the show didn't come out as much as, you know, much quality as what we produce now. Um, so what I decided to do was to go back in and, and re-cut the show. Well, I remastered the show. I remixed it. Uh, but what I did is I left in the bloopers. And I also left in uh, parts of conversation that got cut out for time restriction reasons because we were trying to to keep it at, you know, a 50, 55 minute mark. And that's usually the, you know, how long our shows run. So I left everything in, I remixed and remastered everything. And for your enjoyment, you're going to have not only bloops and outtakes, you're going to have a total of 11 minutes of new content that has not been heard before. So I present to you the remastered version of Sibling Rivalry, Episode 1, The Alpha. Hi, boys and girls. We're... (laughs) (laughs) Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to Sibling Rivalry. I'm David K. Montoya. This is Rebecca C. Lofgren. I'm Aaron Illich. After several hours, we've been able to sit down finally... Um, we had technical difficulty yesterday. We ran this machine for like four hours, and after all the headache, we're here to sit down and give you a show today. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Rebecca C. Lofgren. She is the writer and artist and a renowned poet. Uh, she is currently the chief operating officer of the MythWorks Corporation, and she's also a featured contributor to the World of Myth magazine. Um, and let's not forget one of the big points. She is also the best-selling author of Book of Dreams, which is still, after almost six years later, hot in Europe. So everybody, welcome. Thank you. Should I have said my middle initial, or what's up with that? Um, no. How the middle initial thing came out is because my name is David Montoya, mm-hmm. and there is literally millions of David Montoyas. Yeah, millions. 
So what I decided to do to identify myself was to put a K in there. So when people see my name, David K. Montoya, they automatically think of me. So it's an identifier mark. With Rebecca, I, I just kind of did that with her because she she started out with the world of myth, okay? She was an artist for the world of myth, and she just went, well, first she went with, what, Girl of Myth? Yeah. She did Girl of Myth, and then she did that for like a year or so, and then she changed over and went with RCL, which is her initials, Rebecca Carroll Lofgren. Right. Um, she had a big fan following on the world of myth, and they somehow squished them together. So it was the Girl of Myth RCL. Then at some point, I was like, okay, well, I need to make an ident identifying mark. And I decided to put the C in there. So Rebecca C. Lofgren. So at one point, she had the longest name in the history of the world of myth. It was Rebecca C. Let's see. Rebecca C. Girl of Myth RCL Lofgren. <laughs> that is crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. And if anybody that is listening from the old school world of myth forums, I will honestly say, girl power. All right, let's get that all the way. <laughs> so after that, um, she became Rebecca C. Lofgren um, through the world of myth. Then she, from art, then she went into poetry. Um, and off air, a couple weeks ago, we talked about, you know, her obscured names. Um, do you know any titles off the top of your head? Um, 60 Degrees Placed Inside of a Square. Um, if Dying Was... Crap, hold on. I can't remember. We got dead air. Yeah, he totally just made me lose my line of concentration and thought. <laughs> okay, go. Okay. 60 degrees placed inside of a square is one. Um, if dying was as easy as... Oh, I can't remember. Where's my book at? <laughs> Google this. <laughs> I was going to say. Google let's, it. <laughs> let's just pull it up and take a look at what we got for Google. Um, as I'm doing this, folks, um, you might hear some clicking. That's me getting on the computer here, going to do some Googling. Um, just to throw in my thoughts, um, virus has always been one of my favorite. Um, what was it? Under the Sun. You guys can go to the World of Myth. That's www.theworldofmyth.com. And if you read Under the Sun, it is one of the absolute best written poems ever, I think. Um, I'll agree with that. I, when I read it, I, I cried like a bitch with a skinned knee. I mean, I was just <laughs> bawling. Um, so vi uh, Under the Sun, Virus, two of my favorite things. Um, let's see. That one's called Jack the Ripper Man. Jack the Ripper Man. <laughs> that, that is a funny... That was funny. Yeah. Had to throw a little bit of comedy into all that craziness. And then um, with Book of Dreams. So the very beginning of the Book of Dreams, you had the poetry first or the artwork first? It's the poetry first. And, and the artwork. And the artwork. And then a short story at the end. Now, what was the short story? Do you remember that? It was Serial Thriller. Tell me something about it. It's basically a story... I think it takes place like around Halloween, right? Yeah, and it's a girl, like, she's home by herself, and she finds out that, like, a lot of murders have been happening in, around her city, 
and things get creepier and the story unfolds basically and has a pretty fuck i can't talk about shit about myself oh hold on you can edit this right yeah <laughs> okay i can't think i can't think if i unless i can't see it i don't know why basically as the story unfolds she finds out that things are not as they se- they seem there you go. I'll cut that whole piece out. Okay, thank you. Um, <clears throat> now jumping to the actual list of poetry, especially placed in the Book of Dreams, um, we have A Distant Childhood, which was another really good one, Addicted to Blood. Um, Rebecca has been known to be obsessed with vampires. Now, obviously, we're calling this sibling rivalry um, for the simple fact that Rebecca is my sister. Uh, we're 11 years apart, so um, I've I've grown up with her. She's grown up with me, um, and I've known her obsession with vampires since six or seven years old. Um, it's so, so true. Addicted to blood <laughs> is just another ohm to to the vampire. Alone is another good one. Um, and before I get into the really complex ones, I I do have to say that. Um, well, actually, let me clarify this first. When you came up with these names, you weren't on crack, right? No, I was not on crack. You weren't on speed. No, I was not on speed. She was not depressed. I was not depressed either. Whenever I know that these are not like stories about myself, these are stories that I created about fake fictional characters. Okay, so after alone, then we have can't tell you. It's not just my radar that's no, broken. No, it's can't you tell? It's not just my radar that's broken. Oh, I read it wrong. My bad. <laughs> then dying together is such sweet sorrow. Exit. Folded vessels could gray each rainbow. Yep. Forever free, which is another very good one. From the basis of my life. If I. And then this really long fucking one. <laughs> which is if inconsistency wasn't my friend, my life would be easy as, as easy as breathing. No, no. What were you telling her about these ridiculous long names? He told me not to do this. He's like, Please, <laughs> there's no space for these. Don't do it. And I did it anyways because that's just what I do. Um, backstory on that, folks, is uh, when we first started out the world of myth. That was in 2003 or 2004. I think it was 2004. Um, we had a very select space for things. And most of the time, we would submit stuff under stories and poetry and artwork, and we'd give them titles, but we would have one to two word titles. So I called my sister up, and I told her, I said, Rebecca, just make them simple titles. And she's like, yeah, no problem, no problem. (laughs) And then, you know, she sends me a story, or not a story, but a poetry and then the title itself is a fucking poet or a story. It's oh, I lost it. The title itself is a poem. The title itself was a poem altogether. So I'm like, fuck. So I go and I put it into the the, the world of myth, and it looks like the link, the way the link was set up, looks like you have like seven different poems. But in actuality, it was just one really long title. Um. Let's see. Do you remember anything about Jack? Jack commuted suicide the day he stopped loving me. Do you know anything about that? Do I remember about it? Yeah. 
I, I really don't. No inspiration or anything? I, when I write poems, like, it's kind of like I'm writing a, a mini story. I don't know, I just start writing and I get, like, little, like, a little story in my head. And I try to write it out in a few lines, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I do my poetry. And here's one, it's another good one, folks. Um, it's, uh, justify where their two-way culture collides. Um, yeah, again, she promises she wasn't on crack. I have to take her word for it. Um, another interesting one, we're just talking title-wise here. Uh, I remember, I remember because she sent this one into the world of myth. Um, it was called Love's Weekly, W-E-A-K-L-Y Visit. And I'm like, oh, hell, she just sent me a poem about a period. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. But of course, when you dive into it, you realize quickly that it, it has nothing to do with the menstrual cycle of women. Yes. Um, some classic ones is rockets rattling this very old air, sixty degrees placed in a square. That's my favorite poem. I love that poem. Do you know what? It, do you remember what it's about? Or it's just an obscure poem. Um, let's see. You've got "So You Must Let Go," capital G O. Um, the chest slowly pounds forward. Then here it comes. Another nice long one. Just when you think that we're getting to some easy stuff, <laughs> you know, some one-two liners. Then she hits you with. The hottest sun couldn't cloud up my starry eyes and the moonlit smile. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> right? Leave me alone. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, as we sit here and we joke about the long names, these are some really good stories. Like I mentioned earlier, um, we went through, we were going through a different distribution company uh, back then to what we're doing now, we have a, a new contract with a much bigger distributor. Um, but back then, we pretty much what, went with what we had, um, and I was able to make a contact contract deal uh, to get this book overseas as well because it was marketed towards the younger, um, the tweens, the teens. Please don't ever say tween again. <laughs> what tween? I don't think any tween should be reading those poems. That's for darn sure. That's the way I market it, folks. Um, anyway, so I was able to go and get it overseas. And while we did sell some good ones here in the United States, um, uh, good ones I mean as in copies, um, it just raved in the UK. Um, and, and we could go into the whole legal battle issue, issue um, just for a minute. I just want to throw out that it's been... Almost six years since we've published the book and sent it to the UK, and the at the time distributor has still yet to to pay up the the dividends owned on the profits. Um, we're still in the process of a class action lawsuit, so it got kind of messy there overseas. We did get money um, here in the states, but when it came overseas, so far we haven't seen no money. Um, again. Under the Sun, one of the best poems I think has ever been written. Um, another one that's really good is When Time Takes a Laugh. That's a good one. Uh, classic is Ye Old Nursery Rhymes. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. You, you, you folks got to read it on this one. Um, and then, of course, it goes into the the artwork and, and the, of course, being a uh, podcast, I can't show the artwork. So, buy the book, um, www.mythworks.com slash mythmart. Become a member. You can save up to, like, 50% on that book, okay? Um, so, we've got Book of Dreams that came out, and then... That originally was supposed to be what? Um, a birthday gift, right? Yes. That looks super. So originally it was supposed to be uh, my present to Rebecca for her 18th birthday, which uh, was how many years ago now? Six years ago, 2006. Okay, six years ago for you, a year ago for you. <laughs> Um, and, and for the listeners out there, I should say that Aaron is Rebecca's, where are we at? Boyfriend, fiance, fuck buddy, soon what, to be where are we at? Soon to be fiance. Okay. Um, so, soon to be fiance, they shack up together. <laughs> <laughs> Make us both feel embarrassed. <laughs> um, so, again... That's who Mr. Aaron is. He's he's ready to shotgun with Rebecca. Anyway, uh, six years ago, I went put out the book for Rebecca as a birthday present. That was the initial thing about it. As I was putting the book together, I was like, oh, I can make money off of this. So I went, got a hold of Terry D. Shear, which you folks will meet on Friday. He is our editor-in-chief and currently chief operating officer of MythWorks Corporation. Um, we sat and we talked and he agreed. Um, and so not only did we produce this book for Rebecca for her birthday, but we also pushed it to make a profit. Uh, so that was August 2006. Then, but during that time in 2006, you weren't in California, right? No, I wasn't. Where were you at? I was in Arizona. Doing? I was going to film school. Okay. So the plot thickens, folks. She was in Arizona going to film school. Now, was it for producing? Did you want to be a director? It was for cinematography, which is which basically is director. Or you could operate the camera. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do, could have done could with have done. it. So like director of photography kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, you could branch up from that. You could turn it into many different things. Um, that, I, I won't lie, folks. When I heard that, I was shitting myself. I I would love, love to go to film school. And the funny thing is, is is a couple times that I talked to her while she was out in Arizona, she was like, they're not teaching me shit. I already know most of this. And what do you say that you learned, the main thing that you've learned? How to use Photoshop. So there you have it, folks. Go to a high-priced film school. $30,000 to learn how to use Photoshop, basically. Um, and then as the process, she, she got done with that. Uh, we, we did have a death in the family, which caused her to come back premature. Um, but then I was going to have her be my DP in a, a film that we were in the process of putting together named Body Bag. Um, that, that would have been just great because I, I trust my sister and I, I trust her, 
her understanding in the interpretation of what I wrote because I co-wrote the script with uh, a gentleman that looks much like Aaron. This is Alan a lie. Russo. Nobody believe this. He's lying to you. It's not true. He does. He does not. I'll put up a, a picture of both the gentlemen. No, we need to put up a poll. A poll. A poll. Who okay. looks like who? A poll. Who, does he look like him or not? Okay, there we have it. We will find the space. We will put a poll um, and find out how many people feel that Aaron feel, looks like uh, Alan Russo. Russo, if you're out there, brother, I'm waiting. I want to do a podcast with you. Give me a call, all right? So, um, so after the process, we go... We end up canceling Body Bag. So what happens then? Do you go back into writing? What What happens at 2008? Where do you go creatively? I think in 2008 I started drawing a lot more. Now, what type of style was it? Because I remember. Okay, let me let me back up and tell the backstory, folks. Again, I, I mentioned this earlier. I have grown up with Rebecca. Um, I'm 11 years older. And the the writing, the comics, the anime, the drawing is a direct influence from yours truly. And at and one point... Games. And the video games. Yeah. Yeah, and the video games. <laughs> but at one point, uh, when Rebecca was very young, you put my artwork next to her artwork, and it was almost identical. But as she got older, she started to find her own creative identity. And I want to say, was it... Was it the anime first? I I started drawing a lot of anime, but I want to say that it was like in 2006 when I started to draw a lot of anime. I stopped drawing for a while, and then I came back to drawing, and I think I was going more like towards like realistic. Still life. Still life, yeah, realistic drawing. And what year was that? I think it was 2008, no. Yeah, 2008. The end of 2008 is when I started drawing. So 2008, 2009. Yeah. Okay, so we're at 2009. You're a published author. You're a published poet on magazines. You're a vice president at this point of a corporation. What else? What else is there? I mean, you've gone to film school. Oh, and may I add, because we, we accidentally overlooked this, she also scripted. The book hasn't been released. Actually, it's a graphic novel. Um, it was plotted and drawn by William Slim Black. Uh, Rebecca put in the dialogue for the first couple of, of issues. Um, so she's also a comic book writer, too. So as we roll into 2010... She becomes the chief creative officer of the then Dark Myth Production Studios. And if you guys get confused, come follow me on Who's the Boss on Wednesday, and I'll explain the difference between Dark Myth Production Studios and MythWorks Corporation. So we start out 2010. It was still Dark Myth Production Studios. Um, chief, um, chief creative officer. I'm saying I'm too much. I'm sorry. Chief Creative Officer, you essentially put together the idea and helped in purchasing the GISG Heavenly Publications. And 
then from that, where where do you go? What what have you been doing creatively since? Because that that took almost a year, because we purchased GISG in 2011. I know there was a work up to it. So from 2011 2012, where have you been creative? I know you you've produced more poetry and artwork to the world of myth. Yeah. You became the assistant editor to the World of Myth magazine for a, a few issues. Yes. Um, and I, I will say openly on air, we did have a falling out. Uh, she got pissed at me. I got pissed at her. And then she got even more pissed at me because I was already pissed at her. So we actually stopped talking for four months. No, it was like six months. Was it six months? It was like six months. Oh, shit. Yeah, because when, when I met her, you guys weren't talking at all. Right. So, and and then and I will go ahead and, and say this on air. Uh, Rebecca texts me via cell phone, obviously, um, and apologized. And and I I felt that that was a big move. That was a big adult move for Rebecca because that took a lot. Because I know she. I I do not like to apologize to people. And and I was gonna say is. I know she doesn't feel that she's in the wrong, but she's mature <laughs> enough to say that she's sorry because she knows that her her brother's such an asshole that I could probably go on without talking. Yeah, he probably could. And so she threw it out there and she said she was sorry. I, of course, opened her, you know, welcome back, open arms. Um, and we've been going, you know, now with the podcast and, and MythWorks and everything, we're back in the world. Um, so... Did you take a creative break during that time? I had a lot of, like, I guess, writer's block, I guess you could say. I wasn't really doing much creatively. I don't know. I think I was just basically moping around playing video games. I, I, I think I know why you were doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to take a little serious turn here. Shit. Uh... Again, wanted to do a little bit more serious turn here. I want to give Rebecca an opportunity to clear up the air. Um, she was with the gentleman. Um, his name was Chris for how many years? Four years. And while we weren't speaking, uh, that relationship uh, ended. And uh, there was some pretty nasty comments being made, rumors and whatnot. And um, I just wanted to give Rebecca an opportunity to clear up the air. Um, so... Go ahead, be completely honest, um, and so my question is, is what happened? Why did the relationship fall apart? Well, I'll go back to the beginning. Basically, when the first year we were together, I first met him, he was a completely different person than what he, what I found out that he really was to be, and... In the second year of relationship, we decided to move in together, and slowly from there, things went downhill. And I tried for three, for those three years to make it work, to make it what I thought it should be. Like, I was in denial, you know, but basically for the, the four years we were together, he cheated on me. I'm just going to say it. Basically, he did. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go into detail on that, but yeah. And I finally had enough of him. I finally wasn't putting up with it anymore, and I told him I didn't want to be with him anymore. And he didn't tell anybody this, and when people found out that I had a new boyfriend after we broke up, they assumed I was cheating on him, but I wasn't. Now, also for the record, he did not want to, to leave. No, he did not want to leave. 
So he was sticking around the house. You guys were officially broken separated. Up. Yes, broken up. separated. Um, and then you moved on. It's not that I moved on. I wasn't looking for a boyfriend. I wasn't trying to find anybody else. But it just happened. It's something that I didn't plan to happen. I didn't try to find. It just ended up happening. And he didn't want to, like I said, he didn't want to leave the house. And he said he wanted to be with me, but yet he didn't show that. Yeah, the way he treated me. treat you? Like, he treated me horribly. I mean, one minute he was telling me that he loved me, the next minute he was cussing me out. So I didn't understand why he was there. Well, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I mean, yeah. just, that experience is, is tough. And then going on from, from that, just saying when you two weren't talking and after all this went down and uh, Chris had finally left because uh, me and Rebecca here had met and she was like, we were both breathtaking by finding each other. Like, we, we never planned for this to happen, like she said. Um, it just happened. It wasn't like we were looking for anybody. We were just bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, were, we were bored one day, so we just started talking. And we, yeah. All right, folks. I'm just going to drop one question, one serious question, and then we can get back to the fun. Like I said, I just want to clear the air because I know friends and family will be listening to this. So I'm just going to come out and ask the question, and then we're moving on to the fun shit, okay? My question is, straight across the board, were you having an affair, yes or no? No, I was not. And there we have it. Um, Coming off of that, I feel like I was sort of a bit of an inspiration, because one of the days that we come home, she'd been wanting me to see this book that she made, and she couldn't find her copy, so we looked it up on her, her phone, Why believe it or not. There's not that And <laughs> she, she, was, she was bawling. She was like, I miss my brother so much. Oh, God, why do you have to embarrass me? Shut up. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to embarrass you. It's, it's good to feel about family that way. Like, I, I miss my brother so much, and, you know, I, I wish that none of this have ever happened because I really love my brother. And so I feel like I have a bit of an inspiration for one to talk to her brother again. Inspiration or influence? Influence. Influence. There you go. All right. Well, I've been pretty much souping up Rebecca for almost a half an hour now. Do you guys have any questions for me? Um, I <laughs> From her talking about you on the site and, and doing all these different things, how, how exactly... Did you get this started? Like, what what made you want to do this? For the Jaisalmon? For the podcast. Okay, Jaisalmon. Okay, let me back up. Uh, a few months ago, I started a nonprofit organization called Jaisalmon Publication. Or not, it wasn't publications, it was productions. Um, Jaisalmon is a combination of my son's name. His name is Jaden. My daughter's name is Zoe. And our last name, obviously, is Montoya. Um, I sliced them up, put them together, and got Jaisalmon. Um, I started putting out free publications because for 20 years, I've been the CEO of MythWorks. And though this is Jaisalmon, folks, I will talk a lot about MythWorks because I'm as heavily involved with MythWorks that I am with Jaisalmon. Um, I am the CEO. I am the co-owner of the company. I own 65%. Um, but I, but that company went from me 
wanting to produce my own comic books into the early part of 2000 where I became the publisher and I started publishing other people's books. Um, within that time, my name has been in print four times. Um, you will find my name in print in the World of Myth Anthology, Volume 1. I had two stories in there. Mm -hmm. The World of Myth Anthology, Volume 2, I had one story. I came out with a comic book called A Yelp Gnome, which I wrote and created. Um, and then the last time my name was in print was another comic book called Sergeant Iron, which, again, I, I wrote and created. Um, and I, I felt that I was doing myself an injustice because I was more of a businessman. I mean, if you go and Google my name on Google, you will find me in press releases being the CEO and president and publisher and this and that. All business, you know, stuff. Uh, very, if, if you really get in there and dig around, you might actually find something that says that I'm a writer. Um, and Jaiselman was my way of saying, okay, you know what? MythWorks can be for everybody else. But Jaiselmon is for me. Um, so Jaiselmon originally started as Jaiselmon Publications, where you know they I wanted people to come. I, you go to my Twitter account at David K Montoya, um, and you follow me, and you get a chance to download free stories, um, and that's how it started. And how the Jaisel Modcast came to be is. Is I'm busy, you know, and, and off the air just a second ago we were talking and I said tomorrow, you know, I'm going to be doing 24 plus hours shift. Well, not shift, but a day, you know. So there's not a real much time for me to talk with my sister or, you know, my best friend Terry or, uh, you know, another good friend of mine, Sadie Burbank. And I came up with the idea because I am a big fan of uh, the Smodcast show. And I was like, well, what if I go and I start a, a podcast and bring these people to my place? Because that's where we're at right now. We're in fabulous Apple Valley, California, <laughs> in my home. Um, and, you know, sit down and talk for at least an hour. And that's how the, the Jaisal Modcast came to be. It's, just, it's simply for nothing more. I mean, the financial part kind of followed, but the initial idea itself was to sit down and talk to my friends. That's all this was about. I mean, and, and you folks, I know you can't see the setup right now. Um, you know, I've got a computer. we got a ghetto rig, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty thoroughly thought out, but it's ghetto rigged, <laughs> if anybody knows what that means. Um, I, I won't try to take that as an insult as much as... It, it's not an insult by any means. It's not, because I get a rig a lot of my electronics. Rebecca knows this firsthand. Yes, he does. Um, so that's that's pretty much how it came about. Uh, it, it's, again, I know I've said this out loud before, and it sounds really conceited. Jaiselmon is essentially about me and what I want to do. Yeah. Jaisel Modcast is me sitting down with my sister. You're with my sister, so you you, you follow it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's it. I mean, we started off in the beginning of the show talking about the book um, and then, you know, segue into a little bit of, of what we just talked about with a relationship. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows what next episode will hold? We might talk about, like I was saying before we started recording, you know, Outhouses versus toilets, you know. 
or you know dry dry toilet paper versus wet toilet paper we don't know it's it's just to sit down and have a conversation um to hear each other's voice and to to kind of keep a connection because that was one of the problems i think that might have happened with this fallout that we had you know some months back is there was a lack of communication communication yeah and if you come over to my place once a week and, and you know what I'm up on, I know what you're up on, there's no miscommunication. That's right. And plus, I'm having a ball. Yeah. I mean, as you guys probably can hear, I'm losing my voice because, coincidentally, right before I started recording this cast with Rebecca, um, I just finished recording the Win in Burbank with S80 Burbank. So my voice is literally starting to go out. Um, hopefully, as time goes on, I'll be able to maintain more of a steady voice uh this is fairly new to me i really don't talk that much as you know maybe lies my, my lies. wife or my sister <laughs> lies and <say>. slander <laughs> lies but i really don't um so that's the whole idea between or behind uh the jazel mon uh modcast what we're gonna go is Hopefully you guys will enjoy like. <laughs> Hopefully you guys will enjoy like. Edit out. <laughs> <coughs> take a drink. Take a cough. Yeah, yeah we know. We know. Let's go to our to our outtakes, anyways. So hopefully you guys out there will enjoy our show enough to continue to come in week after week. We are setting up for an iTunes download, um, and I'm also in the midst of talking with Amazon. I would like for Amazon to carry the podcast as well, uh, you know, for their Kindle devices. And if you guys show enough love, I might actually even get a hold of uh, Pandora, because I know they host podcasting shows as well. Um, but baby steps as far as business. Um, I try not to talk. I'm going to try not to talk about business other than who's the boss when it comes out Wednesday nights. Um, so at this point, we've cleared up the air. We've made some jokes. What What's next? What's What's next for Rebecca? What's next for me? Yeah. Well, I was hoping sometime next year to start my second book. Do you have a title? I can't remember how to say this, but you 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 tell them for me. I'll let you do it. <laughs> All right. Yes, this was a little pre-scripted, folks. Um, the book name is Requiem of a Dream. It's the follow-up to Book of Dreams. Um, now this part I don't know. Um, are you gonna have the same setup? Are you gonna have poetry, artwork, stories, or just straight poetry? Story? What, how are you gonna put it together? I want for this one. I want to make a a a piece of artwork for every poem. So like there'll be a poem and then a piece of artwork for the poem that matches it. Yeah. Oh, very cool. I want to set that up and then I'd like to have a story in the back, like a. I don't want to say like a novel in the back, but I want it to be a little longer than like a short story. Maybe a novelette. Yeah, a novelette in the back of the book. But I don't plan on working on that till next year when I have a lot, more, a lot more time than what I have now. Well, definitely you know there's a publisher in hand. Like I was saying earlier, I'm not dropping no names. I, I, but we did sign a big contract with the new printer distribution center. 
Um, so I can definitely do that. I mean, regardless if you're my sister or not, I can do that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to turn my attention to Aaron for a second because he's been sitting over here, folks, and he's he's, he's putting in his... I'm enjoying myself. He's putting in his <laughs> two cents here and there, but we really don't know too much about it. And since this is the first podcast, let's find out who Rebecca's new hitch is. <laughs> so, Mr. Aaron, you can go ahead and turn the mic towards you or you can bend over towards it. Um Tell me about yourself, how old you are. Of course, that's the big issue. Oh, well, God. see, see, there's a lot, a lot of controversy following this issue of my age, since I am, of course, younger than Rebecca, and I am younger than her ex. Okay, stop beating around the bushes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm 19 years of age. Um, When's your birthday? My birthday is May 27th, 1993. And you are from, coincidentally... Las Vegas, Nevada. Which is also the home of MythWorks. Just had to throw that in there. Um, so what do you do, man? What, what's your thing? Do you write? you draw? Well, I can't say that I that I write, but a lot of the times when I, I get... It's going to sound a little bit quirky, but I feel uh, a lot of emotion. Sometimes I, I, I go and uh, rant in my head of, like dark poetry why don't you write that on paper like <laughs> i don't know like I, I i don't uh, this is just not me like i'm not used to writing poetry i used to do that a lot but that was because you know really fast off subject i have to say that just to embarrass him a little bit that what two or three weeks ago don't even do it <laughs> it's recording two or three weeks ago i wrote him a poem and i made him cry and it was really cute well the only time that and I'll be honest, the only times I'm ever emotional is when I'm around somebody that I love. And I love Rebecca until the day I die. And, you know, that's just, that's just the way things are. And so when I was younger and, you know, I was stupid and I was a teen teen, not like a grown up adult. Oh, not teen. 19. Not no. 19, a teen teen. <laughs> no, like a teen, like a tween ish teen. Yeah. Okay. I was depressed a lot because I wasn't happy with my, I wasn't happy with the way things were going. And, you know, I, I used to write a lot of like dark, depressed, uh, poems. And then I'd go in and, you know, I'd read these things when, when I wasn't depressed. And then I'd be upset with myself because why would I let myself do that to myself? But they were really good. And I wish I would have had <laughs> some of them. <laughs> it was like, show you guys, but. Well, let me tell you something, brother. If you're going to be part of this family, you write, okay? Mm. You write, I make the book, and turn a buck. That's that's just how the family dynamics run. Oh, I know. She's seen some of the poetry he's my parents create, He's creative. He just, he, I his, his problem is, like, he spent so much of his, like, life recently with video games. That's where all his creativity went into. It was video games, like, all his effort, his time. Let, let me just reiterate something because she said life. Okay, he's 19. I've been writing for 20 years. <laughs> you know what? Shut up. <laughs> anyway, um, what what I really want to do since music is really my passion, I love all types of music. It doesn't. I don't really have a specific genre that I like per se. And I'm, since I'm good, really good with electronics, and I used to play guitar. I'm gonna mention that now <laughs> because one of our uh, little discussions we've had earlier. Uh, anyway, uh, I want to go to school for audio production. I want to be a DJ. Um, I'm going to make that happen, 
but as of right now, since I've made a lot of dumb choices in my life, <laughs> I'm not going to get into any <laughs> details. <laughs> yeah, my short life, yes. Um, I made a lot of dumb choices, and I need to go back and fix those before I can do anything else. Um, this is the first time I've been away from my family since I've always lived with my family all my life, my mom, my grandma. Um, I've lived with them, and this is the first time <laughs> I've ever really been outside of Las Vegas. And, you know, I, I can't say that I've been sheltered, because I haven't been sheltered. Right. Um, I chose to stay inside for a big portion of my life. <laughs> so, he's a hermit. Yeah. Well, coincidentally, I can actually follow you because I was 19. Okay, I was born, raised, bred in California, Southern Cal. Yeah. 19. I was already married, brother. And we moved from California to Arkansas. So I actually feel you on that yeah. because I know how it is because the only dude out there was my biological dad. Yeah. Um, you know, so at least I had somebody out there. Mm -hmm. But everybody was back away. And now if if I'm saying this wrong or if I'm misinterpreting, tell me right off the bat. Mm -hmm. But for me, when I was back then, you know, 19 years old in another state, it felt like here's my opportunity to That's exactly how I feel. That's how I told her, yeah. Life. I was like, you know, I, I feel I can I can really make a difference in my life since I'm away from that atmosphere. Um, I mean, yeah, I love my family. I really do. You know, it's heartbreaking to leave them like that. I mean, I'm not really leaving them, but it, it's since I've, I've always been with them all my life. Well, you got Facebook. Yeah. Always Facebook. <laughs> Good communication. Another note, folks. When I was 19, I don't think there was any internet. <laughs> Um, really fast, I just want to tell people this. If you're from California, this is totally off subject. If you're from California, never go to Arkansas. Thank you. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. It's like hell. I'm telling you this now. Um, anyway, back to what I was saying. <laughs> uh, since I moved out here, you know, I told her I, I want to make a difference. Um, there's a lot of stuff in my life that I need to do. Uh, I got a phone call. Hold that. Uh, we'll be right back, folks. Okay, folks, thanks to the miracle of digital recording, I am back. Sorry about that phone call. Um, yeah, my mind just went blank. Shit. See? See? Oh, um, okay. Welcome back. Thanks to the miracle of digital technology, uh, I'm finished with my phone call and we are back on. Um, as Aaron was talking about things he wanted to do. One of the things I wanted to jump in and, and say real fast is that I also have plans for the youngster um, because the youngster. he does want to get into recording and mixing. Um, I'm, I'm here publicly offering him an opportunity for me to show him, to teach him how to do digital editing, and he could be the Jazel Modcast editor. Mm -hmm. um, so throw that out. Think about it. You know, I mean, why would I reject? <laughs> That's well, a good opportunity for both of us, actually. Because it's going to require a lot of work. That's yeah. true. He doesn't do anything, so he'll be fine. Just the things you ask of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, at this point, folks, uh, we've covered the book. Um, we've covered Rebecca's personal life. We've, we've covered, covered a bit of mine. 
Um, just a little bit. So this is, again, a little bit of introduction. Um, is there anything, and I'm, I'm asking this on air, is this anything that you can think of that you want to talk about? I say we should talk about things of interest, <laughs> like comics. <laughs> Marvel vs. DC. Ooh, oh! That's a good one. <laughs> now, now, mind you folks, we're at the 45-minute the mark. We're not sure where we'll be at after the editing, but um, technically we have 15 minutes, and he just opened up a five-hour discussion. discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that'll be good. Um, and I can say this for both Rebecca and I, we are X-Men fans, um, hardcore X-Men fans, old school to the 90s mm-hmm. Marvel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they had all the top creators. They had good stories. Mm-hmm. 80s really plunged into good storytelling. 90 just kind of took it a little bit higher. higher. They pushed the, the limits. Um, unfortunately, and this is just my opinion, Rebecca can jump in if she disagrees, but it, when it hit like 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. comic books kind of Fell off. Yeah, well, yeah. not just comic books, the, Yeah, comic Marvel books. comic books, they fell off, and DC started to gain more popularity. And coincidentally, folks, uh, one thing I just recently found out is they hired uh, a lot of people that used to work with Marvel Comics over to DC back in the 90s. Uh, you know, we're talking Bob Harris, who, in my opinion, was one of the best editor-in-chiefs. Um, I damn near pissed myself when I found out they hired Scott Liddell back. Really? Scott Liddell wrote, I don't know how many X-Men comic books. Mm-hmm. I was in high school reading his stuff, and when I heard that he's coming over to D.C., he's going to start doing comic books again, like I said, I damn near pissed myself. I was really stoked about it. Um, so, from the... but, And I guess that's why I kind of fought, fell out of reading comics yeah. between... 2001 to say about 2007, I really stopped. I, I went back and bought the back issues because I have a shitload of collection of comics. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I weighs like 500 pounds. But I, I really stopped reading because at that point for me, I really didn't care for what they were doing. doing yeah. Neither on the board of uh, DC or Marvel. Recently, like I said, DC stepped up their game. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're coming out, they're revamping all their stuff, and I think they're they're turning out a better product. Yeah, they are for what, real. What uh, killed it for me, really, was when, and I don't want to say this guy's name wrong. Grant, Grant Morrison. Morrison. There Grant you go. Morrison. When Grant Morrison started writing X Men, I think I just about died. Like he was horrid, horrid writer. I hate him. I wish he was never born. <laughs> he ruined it. Like, ugh. And I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail from that. Um, <laughs> coincidentally, he's really popular. But I totally agree with you. Um, changing people's sexual preferences 40 years into the game, not cool, dude. Yeah. Um, and I agree. I, I, I read some of his stuff, and, and he was trying to be groundbreaking, but, and again, my opinion, he just he flopped. Um. I don't know. As far as X-Men-wise, the god of X-Men, and I'm not even talking Stan Lee. Mm -hmm. The god of X-Men is Chris Claremont. Yes, he is. He's He actually started me in my writing. Um, 
I, somewhere along the lines, I was talking about him publicly, and I actually mentioned if it wasn't for Christopher Claremont, who wrote the X-Men for 16 years, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have been a writer. He was that influential on me. Stanley, the Godfather. Yeah, the Godfather. The Godfather. Um, you know, the man came in back in, in, what, 1960s. There was a lot of flat storytelling. Good guys went over bad guys. There was no backstory. There yeah. was no drama. There was no character development. He's the dude that came in and brought all this to par. You know, he's the one who, he created Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, the X-Men, the Incredible Hulk, the Avengers. Uh, let's see, what? The uh, Black Panther. He did Daredevil. I Literally, guys, this, this dude created the almost the entire Marvel Universe, uh, except maybe that I can pull off the top of my head, Submariner. Uh, was done by Bill Everett. Submariner? Submariner. I didn't think of it. You said Submariner. Submariner. Submariner? No. Is it Submariner? I think it's Submariner. It's the Uh, correct pronunciation. Well, he was was created by Bill Everett back in the 1930s. Um, Captain America um, was Jack Kirby and Joe Schuster. I'm sorry if I pronounced his name wrong. Um, And then the Human Torch, coincidentally... Was an android. It wasn't Johnny Storm. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Yeah. And, I didn't know that. And uh, the very first issue of Marvel Comics, nineteen thirty-nine Marvel Comics, was the Human Torch. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, other than those three characters, that I, I that's the only ones that I can really think off the top of my head. But everybody else, up to a point until you know we get into like the nineties, um, Stanley made. Yeah. Um. That that was... Uh... For me, it's not just like... I like one... Uh, I, don't, I don't just like Marvel or DC. Like, to me, I, I wasn't very much of an avid comic book. You know. <laughs> anyway. You were in a com- an avid comic book? Uh, reader. Because I couldn't ever get my hands on comic books. All the comic books that I had were basically handed to me because my dad, you know, he was a big fan of Thor. And I used to read a lot of Thor and, like, a lot of Spawn. Uh, and then that got me into, like, dark, like, gothic-type things. Like, uh, I like Spawn. Dark Horse comics, I think, awesome. Um, I'll just... Comics in general. They, I like the style of artwork that people put into... Because it's not just a story. It's a movie on paper. You know? Who's your favorite character? My favorite character? Straight across the board, who's your favorite character? My favorite character is Spawn. <laughs> is Spawn. Your favorite character? Well, I have a few, but... <laughs> my favorite all-time character oh. ever... There's two of them though. I don't know. Yeah, okay, my favorite, my two favorite characters ever have to be the Dark Phoenix and Jubilee. <laughs> That's interesting because she brings. Up, I knew she was going to say Jubilee. Uh, she's got pets named. Name <laughs> yes, <laughs> but the the interesting thing is, is I knew that she's she's been a friend, a friend, a fan of Jean Grey from the get go. But why the Dark Phoenix? I just like I don't know. I just like like think, she seems so much more badass when she's a dark phoenix. Like 
when she's just Jean Grey, she, I mean, yeah, she's tele, she has telekinesis and all that, but in the X-Men world, that's nothing, you know, <laughs> doesn't make you special. But as a Dark Phoenix, I just think she's so much more badass, more something to be afraid of. I like, I just I like it. I think it's the mentality that she has when she's the Dark Phoenix is what attracts you, in my opinion. Because it's not just a character going from, like, a change. You know, it's it's like a... a whole like different a, person. It's like a metamorphosis into a completely different person. Well, yeah, you've got, you know, Jean Grey Phoenix, you know, save the world. And then you've got Dark Phoenix, who's like, I'll eat the fucking world. world. Yeah, Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't know. You already know. My favorite character is Cyclops. Mm-hmm. We love um, We love Cyclops. And let me go on uh, on record and say I'm talking Cyclops from 2001 to 1963. That's the Cyclops I like. I, I I've only heard about different Cyclops versions um, and how they've changed them because I've always been fascinated because of how smart he is. Yeah. And they ever said that it was his mutant ability. They just said the guy was fucking smart. smart. Yeah. And. And that always intrigued me because he could think on his toes. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got X amount of people that you're responsible for their lives, and he had to make the decisions. Good, by, good, bad, or indifferent, he made the incisions. decisions. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Real fast. I want to say something. Okay, go for it. You, you have to tell him, what's one of the first, why, we started talking about comics when we first started talking to each other. What's one of the first things I asked you? Do you remember this? I, what I, I asked him what he thought of Wolverine. I had to know this because if, if he said, if he said the wrong, wait, 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 if he said the wrong answer, the relationship would have never been. <laughs> it never yeah. would have been. I told her, this is almost exactly what I told her. I was like, I'm not a very big fan of Wolverine. Like, sure, there are some instances where, you know, he's actually cool to me is after he got the adamantium torn out of his body. But he he wasn't like, oh, I love him. I would have been like, okay, no. we can't talk anymore. It's over. Uh-uh. Absolutely not. Spawn is by far my all-time favorite. Comic yeah, but you you don't understand how dire that question was. Like, it, <laughs> saved, it saved your life. That was almost a hard one. <laughs> um, I'm not a big Wolverine fan. Oh, I hate yeah, him. He's yeah. too, he, you know, we're fast. To me, like, Wolverine is like the New York Yankees. Like Everybody likes him. Just everybody likes popular. him just because... He is what he is. Like, right. and I hate, I hate that. Like, I hate it. And like, people are probably gonna really send you hate mail for me saying that, but that's just how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of Wolverine. Like, I agree with you. There's some cool things that he did, but I was actually in 11th or 12th grade when they pulled his adamantium out. Yeah, I was okay, <clears throat> mom. <laughs> if you're listening to this, I, I'm spilling the beans. Okay. I knew that that book was coming out. It was X-Men 25. Mm-hmm. I knew it was coming out. I knew something big was happening because of the rumble. Mm-hmm. I purposely ditched school. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to the comic book shop to get my, my copy of X-Men 25. I didn't read it until and, and I literally, from the comic book shop to the high school, I walked back to high school. I remember I'm sitting in psychology class. I've got the comic book in between my psychology book, and I'm reading it, right? And then I see Magneto rip out the adamantium. I'm like, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> what he deserves! And, and everybody just kind of looked at me, and I'm like, good speech! Good speech! 
<laughs> in reality, I was like so excited that they did that to Wolverine. I yeah. Don't know. Sorry, if Wolverine lovers. You know, my heart goes out to you, but just not in this household, brother. <laughs> Bug. <laughs> um. So, with that, with the comic books, have you seen the movies? Yes, I have. What do you think of the movies? I think the movies aren't... It, it's a Hollywood portrayal of the comic books. Some of That's them, totally wrong. To me. To they, me. They, wait, what are we talking about? The X-Men movies. Oh, I was like... Yeah, yeah. the X-Men movies. Yeah, they... It's just a Hollywood portrayal of the comics. Some no, of it it's is, horrid. Yeah. It's horrid. Some of it is they broke true my heart to a point. Okay, wait a second. So ever since I was a little girl, I was like, they gotta make X-Men movies. Like, I, I, I watched the cartoons and it was like... Cartoons heaven to me. It was like yeah, heaven the cartoons to me. were... Like, that was my mm. cartoon. Like, most little girls were watching, like, My Little Pony. I was watching that. <laughs> and I was like, they should make a movie. When I heard they're going to make a movie, I got all excited. And when I watched the movie, it freaking... The first one was okay. But it was okay. I didn't say it was good. I said it was okay. I mean, I, w- I wasn't... Wait, let me talk. <laughs> it was okay. But the more they made, the more they broke my heart. It killed me. They butchered the story. It was not right. No. I don't like it to me. Like... It wasn't even close. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. They butchered it. And then when they started making the X-Men First Class, I got really excited. Except that shit was good. I'm yeah, sorry. That I was, think that's a really good movie. Yeah, I, th- I can't watch that over and over. The second one's coming out in 2015. Really? Yep. Yeah. If it, they finally made it official, I saw it on the internet. Because like, I was reading that they said that if the, the first one did good enough, they would sign on for the next one. Mm-hmm. They're going to start filming next year. And then it's going to be out in 2015. I'm very excited about it. Well, the story isn't Quite right. I mean, I know, but but and I agree they did a lot better when Magneto put that coin to the uh, Sebastian Shaw. Yeah, that was, that was yes, that it was. was. Um, Brian Singer, you suck. Sorry, cut and dry. You screwed up the X Men. You screwed up Superman. You really fucked up the Superman. Again, <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Have you seen the the, the Brian Singer Superman Returns? It's mm, horrid. I haven't. I've heard about it though. I've... At the end, you find out the little kid's Superman's son. So you're, you know, it's that, just... is that why they're making Man of Steel? Or is that just a reiteration of? I don't know. Because yeah. I heard, I seen the preview for yeah, that, Man and that looks actually really. It good. actually does look good. Um, and then I, I'm trying to remember who did X Men Three, X Three, X Three. I was excited. I liked. Beast, I like Kelsey Grammer as yeah. Beast. That was yeah. good, but the story was wrong, wrong. Yeah. way wrong. Um, so I was happy with the relaunch. Um, so 2015 is the new X Men. I'm so don't quote don't Avengers. quote don't quote me this for sure. I read this on the internet. It could be wrong, but I think it's 2015. They're supposed to make the new, the the next X Men First Class movie come out. That'd be cool. Um, comic book movies. What what do you think is the best comic book movie? The Avengers. The Avengers. The Avengers. I mean, I really really like. I I, I like ha- I really like the Captain America movie. I thought it was really good. It was really done well. I mean, Iron Man movies are good. Let's just face it. Basically, all the movies are good except for Daredevil, Fantastic Four, and the X Men. Those movies were all shit. Well, they are redoing Fantastic Four. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And the first Spider Man movies were pretty bad. The one, you, Toby Maguire. Yeah, I I liked the very first one they did with Toby Maguire, but after that, I don't know. They made him too I, cocky. I just didn't like it. Well, the second one I thought was okay. First one was great. Yes, yeah. first. Second one was okay. 
third one, and I was telling this to Lacey, uh, just to let you guys know, Lacey's my wife. Um, the third Spider-Man was good, but they tried to run like three different movies in the one movie. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what hurt it. I just felt like Definitely. Spider-Man, like they they did too much with it. Like, they, I don't they, know, like I love Spider-Man. You know, I love Spider-Man. It's like right. my second favorite series of comic books. But I remember watching this. The first one I was really excited about, and it was a good movie. But it's like after that, they just, I don't know, they ran it into the ground or something. Like I haven't seen the new one yet. Which the I, new I'm, one? I'm embarrassed I, to say I, was, I haven't seen, but I've seen it. I've seen, it's good. I want to see. I it. liked it. Well, it wasn't right, but I've seen it. Okay, Peter Parker looks like the dude from Twilight. Okay, when he, he went out in the sun, sunlight. I was waiting for that son of a bitch to start sparkling. I haven't <laughs> seen what this guy looks like yet. He's, he's even got that little faux hawk shit. Does yeah. he really? Yes, yeah. he does. And and I was like, it's a tween movie. No, don't talk. And I, I was it bad. <laughs> was it bad? Your opinion, honestly, I I liked it because out of a five star possibility, I gave it a two. Oh, you just ruined. You broke my heart. I would give it a three because. It wasn't exactly right. It wasn't close. Yeah, it wasn't exactly <laughs> right. I'm not going to exaggerate it anymore. It wasn't exactly right. Okay, another note out there. Dennis Leary, I love the comedy. I grew up on his comedy. No, not Chief Stacy. I, I was waiting for him to say, like, fuck you, Peter Parker. <laughs> no, but he, he never cussed. And it just when you see... You, you automatically think that. You're waiting for him to just start like... Oh, F-bombing it. <laughs> second thing. Well, second and third thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what's her name? The one that played Forrest Gump's mom. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember either. Sally Fields. Yeah. Sally Fields. Okay. Just ten years prior was Forrest Gump's mom. Yeah. Now she's Aunt May. Ten years prior, you mean twenty years prior? Has it been twenty years? It's been a long time. Yeah, Forrest Gump came out in ni- like nineteen ninety two, nineteen ninety four. Okay, now for you people that may not follow comic books, Aunt May is like a hundred year old, old white, shriveled up lady with white hair. Okay, Sally Fields is Sally Fields. It didn't work. No, yeah, I didn't even know that they put, they cast her as Aunt May. Yeah, oh, God. yeah. They, they didn't have. Oh, they didn't have Mary Jane that one, huh? No, no, they didn't. Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Was Martin Sheen? No way. Mm-hmm. Omg! Wow. Yeah. And and though, folks, I know that's Charlie Sheen's tagline, but I was still waiting for him to say, "I loved you in Wall Street." You know, it just didn't work. <laughs> it, it just didn't work. Um. So guess what, folks? We're we're done for this first episode of Sibling Rivalry. So remember. So I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. I'm Aaron Illich. And remember, there isn't a rivalry better than a sibling rivalry. See you all next time. All right, kids, that's it for this week. Uh, hopefully next week we'll be back with the crew and we'll get back to recording. That's the game plan. Um, so for Rebecca C. Lofgren slash Illich and Aaron Illich, I am David K. Montoya. And remember, boys and girls, if you're just one of those type of people that just like the old and don't like anything remastered, then by God, you might be seeing red. Have a great week. 
Welcome to Seed Red. Don't say we didn't warn you.